Welcome to the Emmanuel Church Podcast. We believe that Jesus is the Son of God and has called all believers to a higher standard of Christian living. If you'd like to learn and grow while understanding biblical teaching, then you're in the right place. Here is our shepherd, Pastor R.L. White Sr. We're in the Gospel of John, chapter 17. It is so beautiful and it's such an honor and such a humbling experience to be the pastor of such magnificent people. Sister Kelly's the only one, only one threw her hand up and said, oh yeah, you are magnificent. Say amen. So I mean, the devil, you're not what the devil says you are. Say, I am magnificent. Say, I am special. I am chosen. Uh-oh, I am anointed. I am a world changer. Hallelujah. I encourage everyone to continue to read God's word, and certainly the word of God will continue to change your life. Connected. Say, I am connected. The most important thing we can do as influencers for Christ is to remain connected. I know it gets challenging sometimes with the world pulling on you so very much, but when you make the commitment to live for Christ, what else do you expect? The devil is not happy that you have decided to follow Jesus. But I, can you say this out loud? No turning back. In our world today, what is right has become wrong. What has become wrong, the world says that it is right. Doesn't matter what the world says. This is, I, I can't speak for you. This is my guide. Yeah. See, I am an influencer. Oh, I can't wait till I get to class on the 21st where I can really break it down and speak hard truth. Has anyone noticed anything different about you? I spoke last week and told you that you would have encounters, and I have heard from so many people this past week, Pastor, you won't believe what happened to me this week. Your encounters are going to get going to get stronger and stronger and stronger and I'm very serious and I want to see this this is interactive time how many of you are honestly having encounters with people now I want to explain this I'm not talking about just regular conversations listen to me so you know the difference when you're having a heavenly or divinely appointed encounter Time will, um, dig and slaughter, you know how we like to do it. Time will almost voom, slow down, and the Holy Spirit will speak to you and tell you, I see a lot of you doing this, you're having an encounter. Your encounters, if you're walking with God, how many of you are walking with God? Your encounters are not going to decrease. Your encounters are getting ready to increase. Because you're going to use your influence, I'm projecting too in Jesus' name, because you're going to use your influence to invite people into the kingdom of God. Tell, tell your neighbor, say, I don't want anybody to go to hell. You can say hell in church. The young people, you should have said that real loud. I never get to say that. Well, there's two places, heaven and hell. And no matter, how, oh, okay, Holy Spirit, no matter how someone treated you in the past, you shouldn't want anybody to go to hell. But pastor, you don't know how bad they hurt me. You should not want anyone, say amen, church, to go to hell. Amen. As an influencer, we must make sure that we're influencing the world for good and not for evil. 
and every born-again believer, and I want to ask this because I don't want to assume, how many of you know that you are saved? Please keep your hand up just for a minute. I'm going somewhere. Beautiful. If you know that you are saved, you are an influencer. And I tell you, say this each week. It's not only what we say, it's how we act. People are watching you. Grandparents, your grandkids are watching you. And we have to make sure that we're using our influence for good and not to pay somebody back. Stop surrendering to Satan. I don't surrender to Satan. Yes, you do when you debate whether or not you come into church. Just everyone watching this broadcast, don't surrender to Satan. Don't let the devil tell you, you're too tired to come to church. Well, if you get up Monday morning, you might be tired, but I bet you're going to work. Each week you hear God's word, and each week you start applying it, God begins to press your flesh down and build your spirit up. Say amen. That's why people are noticing a difference in you. Because your spirit is being made renewed. Say, I'm not hearing noise. That's what the world hears. The world hears noise. The world hears thunder. But as believers, we hear God speaking. And, and not only is God speaking, but he's speaking clearly. Say amen. Have, have you had times where, I'll talk about myself, God has spoke so loud to me where I had to look around. Anybody else? And, and you know you by yourself, but you're like, really, Lord? Okay. That's how clear God wants to speak to you because he doesn't want us connected down here with the world. He wants us connected to the kingdom. And the question everyone has to ask themselves, and really on a daily basis, Am I representing the kingdom of God or am I representing the world system? Amen. You cannot allow your old nature to take over once you know the truth. You cannot unlearn what the Holy Spirit has allowed you to learn. Jesus warns us throughout the New Testament that all of these things we're seeing take place they're not just current events, they're actually kingdom events. And these 11 disciples here in chapter 17, they were having a very, very incredible night with Jesus. During his entire discourse, he was communicating with them about his departure, and he was telling them about things that would happen in the future. The Bible is a book about the future. Please write this down. I know many of you have it, but write it down again. Young people, this is the time to start writing. Please write it down. God's word is amazing. In today's lesson, we're going to be looking at chapter 17, verse 5, that contains significant theological implications, and it contains and continues with the departure of Jesus, and we're going to finish part one of his high priestly prayer. When we pray, there should be a different level of calmness, a different level of peace, and when we pray, the Holy Spirit gives us self-control. Every born-again believer needs to have and needs to practice self-control. We shouldn't get up every day doing everything on our agenda and leave no room for God's agenda. Self-control. Jesus is literally talking to his disciples about the future we're blessed to see and live in today. His death upon the cross his burial, 
his resurrection that took place 2,000 years ago. Today, we're living in the effects of it now. I know you wrote it down. If you haven't, write it down. We are living in the church age. And not only are we living in the church age, but please write this down. I'm living in the future. People used to say, man, one day in the future. Man, one day in the future. Well, we're living in the future. I asked a few weeks ago about AI, about artificial intelligence. And the new artificial intelligence chat box, GPT, I told you a few weeks ago, a church just had its first church service with artificial intelligence. And that was remarkable. That was just unbelievable. Well, this past week, I'm talking about living in the future. This past week in Denver, Colorado, they just had AI do the first wedding ever officiated. We're living in the future. The FAA, how many of you ever flown on an airplane? Ever. Man, the FAA, that's the people who's in charge of everything that flies in the sky. The FAA, Google it when you get home, just approved the first flying car. It's coming out before this year is over. So those of you that want to live like the Jetsons, and some of the kids are saying, who's the Jetsons? We are living in the future. The only catch is this car costs $300,000. We are living in the future. How many of you ever heard of a 3D printer? Wow, okay, really, my church is up to date. Well, Google it when you get home. CNN just came out with an article this past week that for the first time in history, it's already been approved, let me get this one right, by the FDA, that now a 3D printer can print you out a fish. If you like catfish, if you like, anybody like catfish? Trout, if you like tilapia, well, now, I'm talking about living in the future, you don't have to go fishing anymore. They can build it in a laboratory. We are living, they can print it out for you. We are living, this is not going to happen in six months, this is today, we are living in the future. I wouldn't tell you this, and we always talk about chicken in church, because in church, Church folk love. Well, now I told you, they came out with a lab-grown piece of chicken the size of a 50-cent piece. And young people don't even know what a 50-cent piece is. It's a big coin for $40. We are living in the future. But Jesus is the only one that gives us eternal hope for our future in heaven. Some people need to wake up and realize that they've never been saved. So I'm going to do something the Holy Spirit has placed on my heart. Please do this, not so much for your benefit, but for the benefit of someone around you. Please do your hands like this and repeat after Pastor. This is to everyone watching this broadcast. Holy Spirit, I repent of my sins and I accept you Jesus Christ as my Lord and as my Savior. I believe that you died for me and you rose again and you are seated next to the Father's throne. The Bible says if you confess him with your mouth and believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus, you shall be saved. Raise your hands right where you're seated. Father, everyone whose hands are raised, even in their home, 
everyone, Father, who have repented for their sins, thank you that we've been adopted into your family. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap your hands. Some people have never repented in church. That is never inappropriate to repent. God tells us in his word that when we trust him, when we believe in him, when we take his word at face value, God will do just what he said he would do. I wouldn't trust anyone's advice above the word of God. Say amen. When you've been born again, the Holy Spirit, he wants to take up residency inside of you. And why does he want to do this? Because I have a new relationship with God. And in this new relationship with God, I hope you are talking to God more. Don't just wait to pray three times a day. I t you've been taught here at Emmanuel, you can talk to God from the time you get up till the time you lay down. And let me say this, from the time you get up to the time you lay down, please don't eat any food without praying. You don't know what kind of clone meat you might be eating. You don't know where the person's hands may have been that prepared the food. That's why we ought to pray. Say amen. When we pray, we're not just praying to God. We know this Emmanuel Church for all of our visitors. When we pray, you're not just praying to God. You're not just praying to Jesus. You're having a dialogue between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You cannot separate one without the other. And the beautiful thing about when you pray, when you communicate with God, he orchestrates things in your life. I don't want to orchestrate things in my life. The Bible says, and I'm going to say it every week, God says, I know the plans. Lord, orchestrate things in my life because you can organize it much better than me. Learn how to stop holding on so tight and learn how to surrender to God. Somebody say amen. When we surrender to God, God works it out much better than us. Here in chapter 17, we've been, look at your Bible, we've been studying verses 1 through 4. Today we're going to be looking at verse 5, where Jesus prays for himself. And please write this down. It is okay to pray for myself. Before Jesus prayed for his disciples, we'll get into that next Sunday, before he prayed for the believers to come, which is you and I, before he prayed for anyone else, he first of all prayed for himself. What a blessing it is to know that we have the power of prayer available today. Every day you open up your eyes, I hope you take time to pray. The disciples this night, look at your Bible, they were privileged to hear a private prayer between a father and son. This was not just a regular prayer. It was an extended prayer that actually shows us the heart of our beloved Savior. And I love it that people have been telling me all week, and I'm going to say it again, you can learn a lot just by listening and the disciples, these 11 men, were privileged to sit around and listen to how Jesus talked to his father. Chapter 17, look at verse 5, pastor's reading from the Amplified Bible. Jesus continues praying for himself, and he says, And now, Father, glorify me along with yourself and restore me to such majesty. Restore me to honor in your presence as I had with you 
before the world existed. Here in verse 5, Jesus is expressing his desire to be restored to the fullness of his divine glory in the presence of his Father. He's referring to his preexistence and his eternal glory shared before the foundation of the world. We live in time, but God has existed before time. And God is present after time even wraps up. This verse, look at it carefully, shows us the divine nature of Jesus that he did exist before the creation of the world. Say amen. amen. Remember, in verse 4, look at it in your Bible, Jesus made the statement that he had completed the work that the Father gave him to do. He was able to say this because he looked past the cross and he saw himself finishing the work. And the Lord told me to remind the church again today, look past where you're at today. Look past your physical pain. Look past your hurt. Look past your trial or your tribulation. Jesus said in the last days you will have trials, you will have tribulations. And we know that the word tribulation actually means pressure. Don't be surprised that you're feeling pressure on this side, pressure on that side, pressure in front, pressure behind, because the more you try to live for God, the more the world, the more the demonic forces, the more the principalities are going to try to pressure you to quit. But you have to make up your mind. I have come too far. God has been too good. I've been through too much to turn around, to turn back from where God has bought me from. I know God is a healer. I know God is a deliverer. I know God is a way maker. I know God is a heart fixer. Why would I want to go back? Come on, give God some praise. You have to look past where you are today. Pastor, I'm in debt. You won't always be in debt. Pastor, my body's racked with pain. Your body will not always be in pain. Pastor, I'm having challenges with my family. Look past where you're at today. I got to take this off, so be it. Look past it. See yourself as God sees you. Now the devil's going to get real mad. Raise your hand. Say, I am healed. And see, we're not just talking about physical healing. So, Sometimes the, the real hard healing is the healing can't nobody see. Now, now this time, I see you, sister. This time, say it like you believe it. I am healed. That's what God is doing for the body of Christ. He's healing you inside. Hey, come on and receive that today. The devil's always trying to bring it up. No, I'm healed from that. I've been delivered from that. I've been set free from that. Hey, hey. Hey! Do pastor a favor. Tap somebody with your Bible. Say, I am healed. I'm not playing. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. Jesus was not an afterthought. We know this here at Emmanuel Church. 
We've been in the Gospel of John for, for weeks. The Gospel of John, chapter 1 says, In the beginning was the Word. Jesus is not an afterthought. He's always coexisted with the Father. When we know and recognize who he really is, I can't wait for class, then we will have a different perspective of who we really are. Because you can't know who you really are if you don't know who he really is. Hold it up for me. He's not just a man in the pages. Jesus actually walked the earth. Jesus actually shed his blood on the cross for me. The glory that Jesus, look at your Bible, verse 5 says, the glory that Jesus desires to be restored to is not only a display of splendor and majesty and honor, but this also signifies the close communication and the oneness he had between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The closer you get to God, and how do you get closer to God? By moving your flesh out of the way. What do you mean my flesh? By removing your own desires. Amen. How, how many of you know, oh, thank you, how many honest folks, how many of you know if you listen to your flesh, you get in trouble most of the time? Somebody said all the time. And, okay, and, and most of the time, the Holy Spirit, he'll tell you, don't do that. Says Tiffany, me and you. Won't he tell you? And, and, and I'm going to talk about myself, so don't look at nobody else. And then when I step out in my flesh, I can't blame anybody. Church folk, learn how to take responsibility. Stop the blame game. Well, the reason I'm like this is because of that person. Stop the blame game. We've learned this now. Everything from childhood. Oh, my goodness. Everything has all been necessary to get me here today. And now that God has got me here, now that God has positioned you, get ready. If you understand that, say amen real loud. Love this church. The more you communicate with God, the more God communicates with you. Jesus had an unbreakable bond with his father. And that's the kind of relationship that God wants to have with you. He wants to have an unbreakable bond. An unbreakable bond is where you can communicate with him anytime, anywhere. You can lay in bed. You can be driving in the car. You could be at Walmart. You could be writing your bills out. God wants to have an unbreakable bond. We give in to the devil and his demonic forces too much and allow, we allow him to get us off track. But somebody say no more. Here in verse 5, Jesus is reflecting on the life he lived down here on earth. He said he had glorified God. He said he has finished the work. Please note this. Nowhere in the four Gospels does it ever say that Jesus complained about his living conditions. It doesn't say he complained about his poverty level. It doesn't say that he grew weary, wound, or sad. It doesn't say that he had trouble on every hand. The Bible doesn't say that because Jesus did not magnify that. Why do we magnify our problems so much? The reason they, God doesn't dissolve them because we keep bringing them up. The song used to say, turn it over to the Lord and he'll do what? 
He'll work it out because the truth is, Sister Tiffany, he's already. Don't magnify your problems more than you magnify the Heavenly Father. In other words, Jesus did not complain. If you want to live at a higher standard of Christian living, stop complaining. Mozella Edwards, I love you. I love you. Mozella used to sing that song for me so many times. I won't complain. She said, I have some good days. She said, I have some hills to climb. But through it all, I won't complain. Learn how to stop complaining. When you start complaining, catch yourself. Ask the Holy Spirit, stop complaining about my back's always hurting me. Uh-oh. It, it seemed like, Pastor, one step forward, two steps back. Stop saying stuff like that. Your words have power. There's nothing wrong with saying God's got this. But aren't you upset? Nope. God's got this. Aren't you going to try to figure it out? Nope. God's got this. Well, that sounds crazy. Think what you want to. That's why I can laugh while you're crying. Can I, anybody want to hear the truth? The truth of the matter is, everyone watching this broadcast, the world's not going to get better. I know some of y'all scared. I said, it's not going to get better. The murder rate is not going down. Shootings are not going down. Violence is not going down. Racism is not going down. But the only thing we have to sustain us is we can depend on him because he's always existed with the Father. Don't just see yourself where you're at today. Anticipate God elevating you. Write that down. God is... Make it personal for yourself. Elevating me. Don't say your family. Don't say your husband. Don't say your wife or kids. You really can't speak for them. But God is elevating me. And he wants to elevate you from where you're thinking today. Because many believers keep writing, you're thinking too small. Lord, elevate my thinking. Lord, change the way I used to think. I don't want to think small where the sister, where you have ministered, just read today, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. If everything belongs to God, why am I thinking and living and acting so? Say amen, church. Anticipation. God is going to do this. Why? Because I've earned it? No. Because of God's grace. And, and man, we don't talk about grace enough in churches. God's grace. The definition of grace is an unmerited favor. An unmerited favor means something you didn't deserve, something you can't earn, something money cannot buy. God's grace. You don't realize what I'm saying to you. Grace doesn't come down here. Grace comes from heaven. God's grace comes inside of our timeline just when we need it. Raise your hand and say, Lord, I receive your grace. Come on, I'm not playing with you. Say, Lord, I receive your grace. Why do you think you can keep on keeping on God's grace? His grace and his mercy has brought me through. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Jesus knew. Look at your Bible that his sacrificial death upon the cross would be followed by his majestic and untouchable elevation. Jesus knew that he would be the firstborn to receive a glorified body. Jesus was going to change the world forever 
by triumphing over sin and death. This glorification points to the fact that God's redemption plan has been in work before the foundation of the world. God knew Adam and Eve would mess up and God already had a plan in motion. We write it down every week, write it down again. God always has a plan. Thank you, Father. Jesus requested that the Father would glorify him. He revealed to his disciples. His disciples were sitting there hearing Jesus pray to his Father, saying, glorify me, Father. What a, what a privilege it is to hear him have this intimate, intimate moment with his father. And these 11 men were privileged to hear this. Can you imagine what they may have been thinking hearing him talk to the creator of all things? I made the statement last week, you can learn a lot just by listening. Sometimes in your conversation, listen carefully, Sometimes when you are having an encounter with someone, the best thing you can do most of the time is stop talking and listen. You can learn a lot, I'm saying a whole lot, just by listening. The creator, God is the architect. The designer, God is the originator of everything that is good and perfect. And he wants us to be listening when he's speaking. And God is speaking. We know this Emmanuel Church. Come on, get them out. When you live here, God is always speaking. He's always speaking. There's never a time when God isn't speaking. The reason we can't hear him is because we're on the roller coaster. You hear God when you come to church, and then you leave and you back down here. God is speaking every day. He speaks Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. He's speaking every day. Are you tuned in to the right frequency to hear him speak? Are you tuned in to the right frequency to see the hand of God move? Jesus is coming back again. Clap your hands in the church. <laughs> Look at verse 5. This shows and reflects the mutual love and respect that God has for his son. Just as there is harmony in the Godhead, just as there is har harmony in the Trinity, God wants there to be harmony in your life. And I told you, a new relationship with God, it will produce harmony. And if there's someone in your life, please hear pastor carefully, and I'm not trying to hurt anyone's feelings. If you're constantly fighting and cursing and getting physical, maybe that's not the person God wants in your life. Don't, now listen to me, don't go out here and lie and say, Pastor White, when you get home, Pastor White told me, get out of my life. No, I didn't tell you that. Now, if the Holy Spirit speaks to you on the way home, okay. Jefferson hit it. That was funny. <laughs> but pastor told me, no, you ought to tell him, go back and play the tape. <laughs> These first five verses, we have been studying systematically. And truly, this is a great confirmation, and it shows us and reinforces that Jesus was concerned about completing his mission from his Father. His only purpose was not only to teach. It wasn't only to preach, to heal, to encourage, to perform miracles. But his purpose, his main purpose, was to reveal the Father's love for his creation. Remember, we're all of God's creation, but we're not all his children. If you can say it, say, I'm a child of God. And see, are you a child of God outside of the church? 
No, for real, for real. Is God your father when you go to work? Is God your father when you get go out this afternoon? Are you saved wherever you go? God is. Thank you, Father. This could only be satisfied. God could only be satisfied through blood sacrifice. That's why in the Old Testament, you hear this over and over again about blood sacrifices. They had to sacrifice to God. Well, Jesus is called the Lamb of God. Jesus is the one who came to take away the sin of the world. Say amen. He did this by offering up his own life for you and I today. And if you're really connected to the vine, it's time for the church to realize that Jesus really loves me. Say amen, church. With all of, with all of my imperfections, that's a lot of love. How beautiful it is that we are privileged to see this in the 17th chapter that Jesus was longing to be glorified. He was longing to be back in his Father's presence. Look at your Bible. It said, before the world began. People think that he was just born here and his life started here. No, Jesus was a king before he even came to the planet. Come on, clap your hands if you know who he is. This is not talked about enough in our churches. Jesus did not ask to be glorified. Oh, thank you, Father. He didn't ask to be glorified with the kings of the world. He didn't ask to be glorified with the princes of this world. He didn't ask to be glorified with the great world leaders of the earth. No, he said, I want to be glorified with the glory I have with you, Father, before time began. And Jesus was able to say this. This is really deep. He was able to say this because he lived in both worlds. He lived in heaven and he lived on earth. And Jesus told the Pharisees and the Sadducees, Sister Kelly, he told them one day, stop it, fellas. Y'all getting it twisted. He said, y'all are from beneath. But I'm from. Do you know who your Savior is? I'm trying to tell you, church, when you know who Jesus is, it changes the way you think about yourself, that I have power and authority because of the adoption process. Somebody say amen in the house. Jesus knew both worlds. Write this down. He knew the supernatural world, and he knows the natural world. He is the only one who knew both worlds. Listen, Pastor, carefully. Before Jesus started his earthly ministry, he was in the wilderness 40 days and 40 nights being tempted by Satan. I've talked on this before, but Dick and Kelly, I have a different understanding now. We've all heard that 40 days and 40 nights. Raise your hand if you heard it before. He was tempted by Satan. And I told you before, Satan doesn't go everywhere and tempt all of us at the same time because he's not omnipresent. He, is, he does not have that ability. Jesus did not have that ability. Jesus was human. He could only be in one place at one time. But thank you, Father, that we have the Holy Spirit who's everywhere at the same time. He was tempted 40 days and 40 nights. But you know what Satan did? This is when we're going to get into it. Satan offered Jesus. He says, if you bow down and worship me, I'll offer you all the kingdoms of this world and I've preached on this before sister how first of all he didn't have the right to offer him something that already belonged to him stand up minister didn't you just read the earth 
So who does Satan think he is to offer Jesus all the kingdoms if you bow down and worship, oh, I can't say that, and worship the devil? This is the kicker. Jesus did not want to be disobedient to what his father said. And Jesus would have failed before his mission even began if he had even considered bowing down to worship Satan and Satan giving him all these kingdoms. Listen to pastor carefully. Jesus said no, not because he couldn't take all the kingdoms if he wanted to, if he existed before time, in the beginning was the word. Everything was created by him. It all belongs to him. We'll get into it in a few weeks. It's all made for him and for his purpose. But the reason, the main reason, please hear me, because this ties perfectly into today. The main reason Jesus didn't want any kingdoms in this world. Because just like today, uh-oh, you with me, deacon? Every kingdom in this world is corrupt. Governments, oh, I'm, I hope I don't get in trouble. Not just the U.S., oh, I'm recording this. Governments all over the world, they do not have your best interests at heart. Christ knew the kingdoms of this world was corrupt, corrupt from top to bottom. Why are they corrupt? Because of sin. And Jesus came to eradicate sin from the planet. Jesus was able to say it was finished because he knew he was going to endure the cross. When God has given you a mission, it may not be easy. But God has equipped you to complete your mission. And if your mission is to live for him every day so nobody but your family sees you living for him, complete your mission. By the glorifying of Jesus, we see that God was satisfied. And only true believers, true believers, please write it down. I'm going there in a few weeks. There's a difference between being a believer and a true believer according to the Bible. Only true believers who strive to glorify God on earth will be able to receive an uncorruptible reward. Just as God sent Jesus to be a witness and to testify about him, each day we must be witnesses. We must be influencers to tell others about the goodness of our God. Maturing Christians. How many maturing Christians in the house? I got four maturing Christians. Say amen. amen. This knowledge will illuminate your life because you can't go back to saying, I never knew that before. God wants you to know he's going to expand your thinking. He's going to expand your spiritual thinking, your physical thinking. Things are going to start making sense. God is just going to put pieces together that you never had the answer to. That's how much God is going to reveal to the true believers. Say amen. Please stand to your feet. There are no coincidences. You are not randomly selected. Just like Jesus Lift your hands. You are divinely predestined by God. Remind yourself that Jesus is not only our Savior. He's my teacher. He's my friend. God has called the church, come on, lift them high, to a higher standard of Christian living. We are connected to the vine. And when you're connected to the vine, you're connected to the eternal kingdom of Almighty God. <laughs> wow. He's going to take that sorrow and he's already turned it 
into joy. For the joy that we have, now that you understand it, the world didn't give it to you. And the world, Sister Teresa, cannot take it away. Through the word of God, our lives are getting better because of the spiritual truths that are being revealed. Now look at pastor, do like this. Father, thank you for feeding me. Holy Spirit, thank you for the knowledge you're pouring out. Thank you for this fresh anointing. You got to say it for yourself. Thank you for this. Stop, stop. I said, look at me. Reach your hand up. Say, thank you for this fresh anointing. Thank you for the fresh oil that's being poured out over my life. I am connected. Clap your hands. I know you received the word. As we study God's word, I hear it each week. God has taken us places we could never imagine. The Bible says the things which are impossible for man, they're all possible with God. Continue to stay connected. Even though the world's trying to pressure you to go backwards, I'm not going backwards. Don't allow the enemy to try to reconnect people and habits. No, come on, clap your hands now. Because some bad habits are trying to, don't let them get reconnected. Come too far to turn around. Get your hand out. To everyone watching this broadcast, it is my prayer that God's peace will reign supreme in your life. May the peace, love, and grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ rest, rule, and abide in your life. May his peace overtake you and give you freedom. In Jesus' name, peace. God bless you for listening to this message. It is our prayer that you receive it in Jesus' name. Emmanuel Church is building, changing, and inspiring lives through the power of Jesus Christ.